When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy. It is great to have your company and thank you for joining us. We are building up to Champions Day at Ascus. The weather is absolutely atrocious. We have no idea what track it's going to be run on. We don't even know who's going to line up, but a man who is going to have a big say on the day is here to join us to fill us in on running plans for Ballydoyle. It is the master of Ballydoyle, Aidan O'Brien. Welcome back to the show, Aidan. Good evening, Emma. Pleasure to be back. Great to be talking to you again as well, Aidan. Before I look forward to the weekend, I have to look back on City of Troy, who was just exceptional. We'll touch on Ylang Ylang as well. But I was on air with Louis Stewart when he won the superlative stakes, and that race is well-named because all the superlatives uh, didn't do him justice that day. He is an incredible stride. He's brilliantly balanced. There was a lot said about him last weekend with a, a few days in the rear view mirror and things to calm down. How is he at home and how excited are you about him for next year? Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, um, he came out of the race well. Um, everything was straightforward with him since. And uh, like, obviously we were delighted with him. And uh, we always hoped that he would only have the three runs and that's what he had. And uh, obviously he's um, yeah, we're looking forward to next year now. I think to win the race in the manner and in the style that he did is hugely impressive, particularly considering the last horse to win the Dewhurst on the back of only two runs was Shamadal. And he became one of the most influential stallions of his time and obviously a, a multiple group one winner at three before injury curtailed his career. It, it's hard not to get very excited about a horse who does what he does. It, it all seems to come so easily to City of Troy. Yeah, he was always very natural from day one, I suppose. And obviously the first time he won his maiden at the current then obviously, like you said, went down to Newmarket and uh, he's a beautiful stride, a great mind. Um, Dean rides him every day, does a wonderful job with him. Um, he's always been very straightforward, very exciting, um, great balance, great mind. And I suppose all the things that you, you hope and look for in a horse, really, and I suppose. And the advantage to him winning on the Rolly Mile and the July course means you know he handles that. You also know that he's well balanced to be able to cope with the undulations of Epsom, if that is to to pan out, is that the overall dream with him now? Get him to the two thousand guineas, then hopefully the Derby, and then potentially bid to be the first horse in fifty four years to win the Triple Crown. Yeah, I suppose obviously the first thing lads will probably look at him with will be the guineas, and obviously if that went well, then they'll, they'll look at the next step and what you think you said could be. And I suppose if that went well, then they might have a look at the, at the last one. I suppose, but like obviously. Uh, I suppose it's always been a dream uh, to have a, a triple crown horse. It's a very difficult horse. They're a very difficult thing to do. Uh, like a lot of things have to happen. And, and uh, um, I suppose, like obviously, the first focus will be looking at the guineas, I suppose, in, in the spring. Uh, and 
And his physique, like there's nothing that would really worry me about him in terms of him training on. If anything, he should be better as a three-year-old, which is kind of frightening for his potential opponents next season. Um, but he doesn't look worryingly long. He doesn't look too leggy. He also doesn't look like a, a, a compact horse. It, it's not. He's not the finished article this season. Sometimes you get a, a very flashy, precocious juvenile who's well put together and this is what they'll be this season. He looks like the best is still to come after a winter on his back. Yeah, I suppose, and obviously it's quite justified. So they do keep developing and keep growing. And I mean, anything, anything that we've seen, like they, they change a lot from two to three, and 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 do develop. And obviously, um, he's like he obviously looks like a horse that will develop. He's, he's a seasoned horse. He doesn't look a big horse until you stand into him, and he's 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 loads of height, loads of size. But he's just so well balanced, so well put together. I suppose really. Um, but like you said. Like every justified you've had ever have had anything to do so far, they, they do develop plenty from two to three, really. Yeah, and I asked you about justify earlier in the year. I think it was the last time we were talking about what is his progeny like, and you were at pains to say um, you're you're delighted with them, but that they'll give you middle distance horses. Which sometimes when you get an American stallion like Stormcat back in the day or Warfront, like they were never going to give you an arc winner. They wouldn't be uh, Derby winning prospects, but they would be very good high-class group one two-year-olds and then high-class group one milers. Um, and some of their sons have, have gone the other way and produced the, the stamina. Um, but you were pointing out then that middle distances would be key for Justify. Um, and, and I was reminded of John Magner's presentation over Zoom during lockdown in Australia, where he was talking about, I mean, I don't think anybody has had a better eye for a horse in the history of racing than John Magner. Uh, so when he was saying that, look, Justify is the next big superstar stallion, and I'm not just saying that, we're going to back it up by sending any cool more mare that's eligible to go to him will. So to have two individual Group 1 winners by him in Opera Singer, uh, who was so good on Arc Weekend, and Ryan sounds very excited about her, and now to have this fella, uh, who there has been a lot of hype about, and he's living up to it, that must be very exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, obviously, John said that all along, um, what was going to happen and it's incredible it is happening and that's why he went to America and wanted him um, uh, um, no matter what really I suppose he, he saw like obviously justifies like a sprinter but he's a sprinter that was able to get a mile and a half in the Belmont and, um, which is incredible um, like like you said the, the minute that like we our best filly last year was a filly called Statuette uh, she only ran twice I think over five and six furlongs and, and she was going to step up massive to seven and a mile but she we just never got her back she got injured and that was it but uh, she was by far our best two-year-old last year you know so um, it's very exciting what could happen and obviously he's out of the mayor that won the Oaks uh, so it's incredible uh, what he's doing really and, and obviously everything he's going to do should be in front of him really Yeah and on Opera Singer there might be a little bit of a, a fear that uh, because her siblings didn't really show their best at three compared to what they were capable of doing at two. And to be fair to Brave Anna, she got injured as a three-year-old after one run, so you can't hold that against her. But Hit It A Bomb was a, a Breeders' Cup winner for you as a juvenile and didn't really do it at three. But the difference here is they were war fronts, um, and there are no war fronts at Coolmore now. All, all those horses go to Justify instead, those mares. Uh, I don't get the impression with her that she is a fast, early, precocious two-year-old. She does look like... Is, a very different type to City of Troy, but does look like a horse who will excel at three. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you would imagine. She she looks that type, and and you'd say looking at her, there's no doubt, and she's quite justifying. And the same thing, you'd, you'd imagine that she's going to be way better next year. She's a big rangy filly, and 
has developed through the whole year and as she went up and trip she got better so um yeah she's something really to look forward to also and the line from ryan moore to lydia islop and fair play to lydia for uh going back on this to get ryan to explain what he meant by city of troy has done something that no other two-year-old has ever done with them before any that he's written uh, and that is he couldn't pull him up on debut which i remember commenting on after he'd won on debut that he wouldn't he wouldn't pull up um ruby walsh just uh, explained this very different world but uh, in the national hunt game that uh, i think it was sam crow pulled up very quickly after winning the ballymore and he was warning that that's not a good sign when a horse does that but you want a horse that can't pull up well he really couldn't and and you've talked about him in your winning interviews that you can't you can't tire him at home anything you throw at him he just keeps on doing it that's that all sounds very very special and Ryan, with the greatest of respect, is not somebody who gets overly enthusiastic, but my goodness, he's very enthusiastic about these two. Yeah, no, I suppose in that he's different, is right. Um, like, um, like he's never got tired at home. Anything we've asked him to do, he's done with a smile on his face. We haven't ever seen the bottom of him yet. Um, you know, so it's very unusual that a horse does that and uh, in his race is the same. Um, you know, um, and, and obviously the filly, the minute she went up to a mile as well, she, she just started pounding away from them from halfway in, in, in France, you know, so uh, very unusual, but listen, like I said, Justify looked like a big sprinter, and uh, he was able to win at Belmont making the running, you know, so that, that's incredible stuff, really. Yeah, he's super exciting. Um, is there a possibility that his stable companion Henry Longfellow will take him on at Newmarket, or would you prefer I, to split them? I would imagine that's what the lads will do, you know, I would imagine uh, that's usually they're taught and he looks like a horse that could go to a French dad, a French Guinea's horse or something like that. You know, I would imagine, obviously it's a long ways away, but knowing the way the lads think, I think that's probably what would happen. Yeah, that'd be the St. Mark's Basilica route and that worked out pretty pretty well for him. It, it is also a changing of the guard, Aidan, which was commented on by a, a number of people during the season that, you know, Galileos are, are running out. There's not many of them left. And Shami Heffernan was talking about one who won for you the other day um, with Gary O'Brien or, or Kevin O'Brien on Racing TV and saying he's going to miss them uh, because obviously they were they were so influential. But you haven't missed a beat um, with with Frankels, uh, the Justifies, Siunis. Uh, these are these aren't horses you trained. You know, you you obviously trained Galileo, so you would know that offspring like the back of your hand, you're now training um, offspring of horses that are by stallions that were never in Belly Doyle, and yet the Group 1 successes continue to come. You have four individual Group 1 winning juveniles this season. You'll probably have five, hopefully. Uh, you might even have more than that by the time the season ends. Um, it, it, how different is it for you to be adjusting? Like you've had Saddlers Wells and Dane Hill over the years, but Galileo was such a, a key, pivotal stallion for the entire Coolmore operation to change things up with Frankel's, Siunis, and justifies. Does that change things for you at Bally Doyle, or, or is it just take each horse individually as they come? Yeah, no, obviously that's what we do. We take each horse individually, but it is very exciting for us. Like these are obviously horses that we would have never had before, and uh, it, it's like unbelievable. It's, it's, it's very exciting for us to be to be having them really to train. Uh, it makes it uh, really special to us, I suppose, really. And just briefly on Ylang Ylang, because it, it all kind of got a little bit forgotten about what she had done. There were only two Group 1s that weekend, and you won both. Um, I, I was really taken with your comments before the race, because obviously the Moigler didn't go to plan at all. That was a disaster. But you were saying that you you were always wanted to go for the Phillies mile, but you couldn't go for it on the back of such a poor run. So try and rebuild her confidence in the Rockville, just get her through that race, and then get her to the Phillies mile. And that plan paid off to perfection. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, we were delighted when she did a new market and she went there, like obviously to win the race, but the most important thing that she did things right and the way the race set up, like if anyone was at the back had no chance and uh, and she settled and did everything beautiful for Ryan and he was delighted with her. So the minute he came back in, he said, I'm going to set her up lovely for the series mile and that's what we were hoping that we would hear. And uh, and, and we did. Um, like obviously, yeah. Uh, Rachel Ryder every day and did a marvellous job to get her back. Um, Brian gave her a marvellous ride on the day, you know, and he's in charge of her and he did a great job with her. So everyone involved with her did, did great. But, um, she's very exciting for me as well. Um, she was usually when the wheels fall off in the middle of the season, it's very hard to get them back because obviously her mind had to be kind of unravelled and then put back together very quickly. And most horses are not had to take it that quick. It usually takes a whole winter to do that. But was, uh, she took us and uh, like I say um, this is very exciting uh, for next year and she doesn't look a guineas type to me I don't think she's fast enough for it to be honest although maybe you've you've run horses in it before who've done really well but she looks an ideal type for Epsom and the Oaks and the Irish Oaks yeah no, I suppose so absolutely I, I'd imagine she'd probably start in the guineas um, um, she like, she must remember the first toy she won she showed all the speed in the world and, and they had no problem with it it's just like I said, she just her, like her mind had to be unraveled and put back together. So they probably didn't really see the best of her in the Phillies mile because she had to go through so much stuff and she would have been getting confused through a lot of it, but, but kind of getting confused in the right way and in a relaxed way. But so you'd imagine with a winter under her belt in the spring, um, you, you wouldn't imagine that she should have any problem with a mile come come springtime really, or that showing that she was able to adapt and change that much in in, in a couple of weeks. Um, for, for the last race, really. And just briefly on Opera Singer, I think it was the Coolmore website that reported this. Um, Ryan's comment that he couldn't wait for this day next year after she won the um, the Pre-Marcel Buzak, which is the fifth time you've won that race, and that's a, a record-setting win. Um, that's a very bold statement to make because her, her siblings, they didn't stay beyond, um, I think, beyond a mile and a half. And, and, I'm, and by that, I mean a mile and a half a furlong. Um, is is a mile four in range for her? Do you think? I'd say no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's quite justified well, and you'd imagine she's going to like, have no problem getting a mile and a quarter anyway. And usually, if they're very good and classy over a mile and a quarter, they'll have no problem getting a mile and a half. Really, that's very exciting. Uh, there are three very exciting horses, and as I said. Uh, there's more Group 1 races to come. Hopefully I'll get to talk to you about Diego Velasquez before the end of this. Uh, but we'll look ahead to Champions Day. The weather is atrocious. I was covering Bath on Talk Sports uh, this afternoon and it went from good to soft to heavy in the blink of an eye. Um, but you've got some very, very exciting horses, including the dominant star of last year, Kiprios, who racked up that magnificent six-race winning sequence, including four Group 1s in a row. We've only seen him once this year. A joint infection, I remember you telling me about, was keeping him off the track. But it was a good second in the Irish St. Ledger. How did you feel about his comeback run and how has he been since? Yeah, very happy. Um, very happy with it and we're very happy with him since and looking forward to seeing him again on Saturday but everything has went well. And you're bidding for a fourth win in this race after Fame and Glory, Order St. George and Kew Gardens. Is the plan, Aidan, to hopefully come back for a Gold Cup next year if everything goes well at the weekend? I think so, if everything went well. Like obviously we'll take one race at a time but we, I think so. And there's always a slight fear when a horse has had a setback like him that the ability gets a little bit taken. Is is there any indication of that at home or is he flying? No, he's a lazy walker, so you, you don't see too much of him at home, really. He does what he has to do and he doesn't overdo it. So 
I suppose we're very happy with what he's doing and, and uh, listen, it's on the track then we're going to hope to see the rest but we're very happy with him at the moment Lazy worker a little bit like myself um, Aesop's Fables uh, Group 2 winning juvenile he was third to Shaquille in a listed race at Newbury third in a Group 3 on Irish Champions Weekend and then ran a blinder in a Group 1 which I don't think he got enough credit for at all when finishing third again behind Highfield Princess is he going to line up in the champion sprint? I, we're thinking about it obviously the ground is is uh, going to be a little bit of worry. We're going to see what way that is. If he didn't go, he probably will go straight to America for the sprint. Um, the ground was very fast in, in France, obviously. Um, but it's possible, but we probably have to make a decision, obviously, on the end of the morning. But we're very happy with him since his last run. Okay. Uh, the Kipco British Champions Phillies and Mare Stakes is a race you've won twice with Hydrangea, as Desi Scahill used to call her, and uh, Magical in 2017 and 2018. You seem to have an ideal candidate for this race in Jackie O, who's very high class, but has won on soft and heavy ground. Um, how is her preparation going? Yes, good. Um, we were worried going to France that the ground was too fast for her. Um, she likes to dig in the ground, but ran a huge race. Um, she hasn't stepped up to a mile and a half before, but we always thought she would have no problem with it. So we're hoping, uh, very happy with her. Uh, Jamie's very happy with her. Um, Dean rides out and Seamus rides in the walk and they're all very happy since uh, France so ho- hopefully we're looking forward to seeing her at a mile and a half and she was a late May fall and she's only had seven starts all of them were this year she didn't race at two so there's plenty of improvement still to come with her yeah, yeah we think there is I always thought it was and, and every month she has improved really and you've got some backup in there in Red Riding Hood uh, Boogie Woogie and Unless I think Red Riding Hood would be the most interesting of those were she to take her chance yeah, she, she's in good form. Uh, mile and a half will suit her well. Bad ground is what we're not sure about. She is a justified, but she's big filly and, and he's progressing all the time. Um, so it's possible she could go with her. Um, um, I suppose we get closer to the time. I think we have to decide in the morning, obviously. And the big races, uh, the Queen Elizabeth II stakes and the uh, the main one, the champion stakes itself, um, you've won the QE2 four times with the brilliant George Washington, gorgeous George in 2006, Rip Van Winkle, Acceleration, uh, and the superstar Philly Minding. Um, Paddington absolutely sailed through the horrible ground at Goodwood in the Sussex Stakes to land his seventh straight win on his fourth Group 1, uh, and then ran, I, I think, was carried out in his shield behind Mostadaf in the Judmont International on ground that was probably not ideal for him in hindsight. Um, but that's very easy to say uh, after the race. Have you decided which of the two races you're going to go for? I think it's more than likely. Nearly 99% he will go for the mile. Um, so, uh, listen, he's had a nice break now. We're very happy with him. He's very happy in himself. Um, um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him again. Um, we're doing everything really nice. Seamus rides him out every day. Adrian rides him in his canters. Oh, Adrian rides him out every day and Seamus rides him in his walk. And Andrews and Edmund is in charge of him. So, um, no, very happy with him, really, uh, Davey. Um, yeah, no, looking forward to seeing him again. Um, but it looked more than likely he will go for the mile. Ennis. And just being freshened up since York will surely have done him the world of good. Yeah, we think it has. Like, obviously, he had a tough campaign and very few horses could take what he took, but he took it with a smile on his face the whole time. And really, he, he's delighted with himself now, really. And if he can win his fifth Group 1, Aiden, is, is that it? Like, there was a little bit of talk about how disappointing it is that Ace Impact was retired. But this game is all about bloodstock. It, it is about the second career, getting them to stud. And if he wins, even if he doesn't, quite frankly, I think his job is pretty much done. I'm sure that there's already breeders trying to bang down the door of Coolmore to get to him. Um, could this be his final start? 
I'm not sure, but like I, I don't think you could say that the lads protected this horse. Though. They they ran him hard in, in all the big races, one after another, and never never tried to uh, protect him in any way. And but incredible, like that's what they do. They, like they want the best horses going to stud, and they want them. They want to find out exposed, you know. So, but like what these horses they had done, like I don't think any three year old has ever done before. Like race after race, and he was thrown in everywhere every day, and he was wheeled out there every day and, and turned up, you know. So. He's, he's incredible, actually. Yeah, it's it's been impressive to watch him him progress through the ranks from listed company up to a classic winner in the blink of an eye. Um, and the form of that Judmont worked out really well. Nashua ran an absolute blinder behind Augusta Rodin and the Irish Champion Stakes, which brings me to Point Lonsdale, because he ran a blinder that day too at a, at a big price. And that would make mean him being your chosen representative in the Champion Stakes. Yes, possibly, obviously. Uh, if you're running, you're hoping to run well. He seems to be in good form. Um He's genuine horse and he's solid horse. So um, if we do, does run, hopefully he runs well. Uh, there's three big juvenile races over the weekend, which you've done well in over the past. The Killer Volland Stakes. Um, I thought military would be interesting there. You've got the Dubawi Colt Cambridge as well. The Criterium International, the Group One over ten furlongs, and the One Mile One Airfield Stakes. Is there any decision made about uh, potential runners there? I- Illinois, I think, is the one that most people would love to see. Um, is it possible he'll line up at the weekend? He could. Yeah, he could go to France. Um, for one, for the group one, the mile and a quarter, um, and like I said, uh, the Sayuni horse uh, could go to uh, Leperstown for the seven furlong race. He was he been lovely race in Newmarket and just came up a little bit quick for him, but he's in good form since. So and and some of the others then the Dubai horse, like you mentioned there, they some of them could go to France. So we have to divide up them in the morning between the mile and the mile and a quarter, and obviously. The, probably the Sioni horse will be the main one in, in Neperstown. Okay, so Illinois, Los Angeles, Capulet, Ortilius, Euphoric, uh, all very interesting horses to come. The most interesting one, I think, for most people, though, is going to be Diego Velasquez in the Cameco Futurity Stakes in, in a week's time. Is that still the plan? Yes, yeah, and everything has went well with him since. Um, that has always been the plan for his third run, so uh, he seems to be in good form, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to running. And I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but and you've been very kind with it so far, but the Breeders' Cup is not far away. Um, and you've got an exceptional record in the juvenile turf, including winning it last year with Victoria Road. Uh, that would lead me to think River Tiber, Henry Adams, possibly unquestionable for that race? Yes, I think they're the ones, absolutely. And the Philly won in France, and the Philly they won the Group 1 in France. Just if I could go for the Phillies race, the Philly won at the Curra, the Group 3 could go um, for the Phillies race. Um, and then a uh, warm heart could, could go for the Phillies mile and a quarter. And uh, obviously, uh, um, Augustus Rodan, the plan is to go for the, the turf. So they're the kind of main ones we're thinking of. And, and Gaius is able to go for a sprint if, if he doesn't go to Ascot. So is it the, the two Phillies, is it potentially Opera Singer and Content who could go for the juvenile Philly yeah, Mares? Po- possibly, yes. Either one or two, you know. So that's what we're thinking at the moment. But we have another little... We've another week or two to go to decide with those. That would be very interesting. I did see Opera Singer featured on the Breeders' Cup website yesterday. I thought, that's ambitious of you. Um, but As in that maybe she's done for the season, but that would be really cool to see her go there. Um, and, and look, of course, you, you've mentioned Augusto Rodin, but this has been the plan since the Irish Champion Stakes. How have things gone with him since that run? Yeah, good. Everything has been perfect. Um, um, yeah, Andrew's very happy with him. He's in charge. I'm going to add him. Uh, Rachel rides him out and rides him in his walk and everyone has been very happy with him since uh, yeah no and he's had a nice break nice run into this so, so far so good and Luxembourg is in there as well unfortunately he has to miss this weekend due to an injury would he be okay for the Breeders' Cup or potentially 
a trip out to Japan alongside Continuous? Yeah, something like that. We're not sure yet. He had a, a foot infection and it was just not fully over. It just pushed. Uh, he is cancelling again, so uh, we just played a bite here with him and we won't rush him, get him going whenever he's ready, we think. Uh, but he's possible. Uh, Japan, uh, America might come too quick, and possible Hong Kong, so we will wait and see. His running style would be really suited to those international races, Luxembourg, and, and obviously uh, continuous. That was a terrific run in the arc. It's hard for St. Ledger winners to run well there, but he ran a blinder. Very exciting prospect, given his pedigree for next year. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Exactly, and we look forward to him for next year as well. Aidan, best of luck as you go for your seventh Trainers' Championship in Britain this weekend, um, and, and obviously plenty more firepower to come as well. Uh, and best of luck with the Breeders' Cup too. Really appreciate your time today. I appreciate them. Pleasure. Thanks very much. And thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow with six-time champion tipster Paul Jacobs, who will mark your card for Champions Day at Ascot. We're also joined by Ross Millar from Racing TV and the SBK podcast to talk about his new syndicate, his journey into the racing world. We tackle some big racing stories as well. Really enjoyed that conversation. That'll come out for you over the next few days. That long-awaited podcast with Dennis O'Regan and Katie Young looking ahead to novice hurdlers for the new season. That's on the way too. I think that comes out this weekend from Spotify. If you want more of a jumps fix, there's plenty of jumps content. Stable tours with David Pipe, Fergal O'Brien and John McConnell. In-depth interviews with them about their leading prospects for the season. And they've all got very exciting young horses to look forward to. That's available in your podcast feed. And the superb Paul Ferguson gives you his horses to follow and runs the rule over the novice chasers, novice hurdlers and open company horses to look forward to. And you can get Paul's excellent book, Jumpers to Follow, at the Weatherby shop right now with a final Furlong podcast discount code using the code FF. JTF23. It's FFJTF23, and those podcasts are available for you now. A five star rating on your favorite podcast app would be much appreciated. It really helps with the algorithm. And of course, likes and shares on social media and on your WhatsApp groups, much appreciated too. More content coming your way very, very soon. Thank you for listening. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.